The FedLife Podcast is presented by Serving Those Who Serve, a fiduciary fee-based financial planning firm serving federal government employees and retirees all over the country. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be taken as financial advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. The opinions expressed by our hosts are their own and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of either Raymond James or Serving Those Who Serve. Hello and welcome everybody to this episode of the FedLife Podcast. I am your host, Dan Seip. Additionally, I'm the branch manager here at Lee Seip and Associates and Serving Those Who Serve, where our mission is to reach, teach, and serve you, the career civilian feds. I will begin, as I always do, by saying thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen and watch in this case. And above all, thank you for your service. You don't hear that enough. You will always hear it here. As you can see, Ed Zerndorfer is back with us again. The guru is here as part of our ongoing mission to reach, teach, and serve you. At the outset, I need to say the opinions of our guest, Ed Zerndorfer, are not the opinions of Raymond James are serving those who serve. And this podcast is presented for information only and not meant to be taken as advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. And if you don't have a personal advisor, hit us up at swserve.com. We will help you any way we can. Well, in this episode, we're tackling a kind of a pop-up problem for a lot of our feds, and that is long-term care and, more importantly, the most recently announced cost increase. So, Ed, this is an unwelcome but not unprecedented change, correct? That's correct, uh, Dan. The federal long-term care insurance program has been around since 2002. It started back in December 2001, and federal employees and retirees and eligible family members, postal service employees and retirees and eligible family members, as well as uniformed services members and retirees of the uniformed services have been eligible to join the federal long-term care insurance program. It is a group sponsored uh, long-term care insurance program run by the long-term care partner who is now John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company. And just to set the record, I am, my my wife and I are enrolled in the federal long-term care insurance program. We joined back in 2008. And as you say, it's decision time and this happens every seven years. I call it the seven-year itch, if you will. (laughs) Okay because you've got to do some scratching of your head to figure out what to do. And that's that's what we're going to be talking about today in terms of what decisions you have to, that an enrollee has to make. Gotcha. So let's start with a little sliver of background. So Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Partners, or FLITSIP for short, is currently suspended, correct? That is correct. That is correct. For new enrollments. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. And as you touched on, our feds who maybe got in at the beginning have received increases about every seven years? Yes. The procedure, Dan, is this, that the Office of Personal Management, OPM, which oversees the program, has contracted out who is going to run the program. And when it first started back in 2001, there were two insurance companies that were the so-called partners for the long-term care insurance. One was John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company, and the other was Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Yep. And uh, OPM signed a seven-year contract with these two insurance companies. When the contract was renewed in the first time in 2008, uh, 
uh, Metropolitan Life Insurance Company was not part of the partners. It was just left John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company. The same thing happened in 2016. John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company was retained as the long-term care partner. And the same thing is happening this year in 2023. John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company is going to be running the program for the next seven years. Now, I want to point out, it's not as if OPM said, okay, you run the program. They had to put out the contract, put right. out the contract. And only one company came forward. That was John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company. Because we need to be aware of the fact that long-term care insurance is not one of those insurances that many, many, many insurance companies were offering, either in the group market or in the individual market. When I start, when I got my insurance license back in the 1980s, I remember there were between 100 and 120 insurance companies offering long-term care insurance. I know, Dan, mm-hmm. you, you, you have an insurance license. Absolutely. Um, I remember. And how many how many companies are left now offering long-term care insurance? I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say a handful. Yeah, about eight. About yeah. eight. About eight. So it really, OPM really has no choice. No choice in terms of who they're, who they're going to let lead or run the program. Gotcha. And so, as you identified, our feds are in a decision period, and they need to respond by November 9th. Um, but there are still rules with this, Ed, correct? The, the plan can't single out an individual for an increase on their own, correct? Yes, and that's true in general, Dan, about long-term care insurance. That when the individual who applies for long-term care insurance, either in the group market or individual market, is accepted by the insurance company. Mm-hmm. The coverage, the insurance company cannot pick on them if something in their life in terms of health issues comes about. Once they are enrolled, they are enrolled and all they have to do is pay the premiums, even if their health deteriorates. And the long-term care insurance company cannot increase their premiums because their health may deteriorate. When it comes to long-term care insurance for an insurance company, let's go into the individual market offers long-term care insurance to various individuals, males, females, different ages. And let's and it, this is, we're talking about individual long-term care insurance. And the insurance company uh, wants to raise premiums. They have to do it for a whole class of policyholders, males of certain ages, females of certain ages, based on their experience with these individuals and comes to when they have to pay out benefits. Even then, if they want to, they have to get permission from the state insurance commission for the residents of a particular state to raise their premiums. It's not a given that the insurance company can just raise premiums one, two, three. In the case of the federal loan insurance, the LTC partner, again, John Hancock, like the health insurance company, has to tell OPM, well, we, if we're going to renew our contract, we're going to have to raise premiums because based on our experience paying out benefits, we need to raise premiums for almost everybody. Mm -hmm. I want to point out two facts here that our listeners have to be aware of. Number one, and this is a misunderstanding I found with with some federal employees and retirees, that when the federal government started offering this federal long-term care insurance program back in 2001, it was never said, and I've heard this from some policyholders, oh, I was told my premiums would never go up. That mm-hmm. is not true. Correct. That is, premiums are what are called guaranteed renewable, in which as long as you pay the premiums, 
you know, you cannot be dropped, but the federal, the long-term care partner has the right to raise premiums once again for a certain class of policyholders, again, with OPM's permission. That's gotcha. number one. Number two, and this is very important for our listeners to realize, if in fact you have a need for the long-term care insurance benefits, you have to go to a nursing home, you have to go to assisted living, you need home health care. Once you start receiving the benefits, you stop paying the premiums. It's called waiver of premium. This is very important. This is not true when it comes to life insurance. Life insurance. Obviously, with life insurance, you're paying the premiums while you're alive. And when you pass away, the benefits are paid out. And obviously, no more premiums are being paid. When it comes to health insurance, this is a better example. If someone has any type of health insurance, whether it's the federal individual health insurance, and they occurred a need for a, to go, to, they, they, they have to go to the hospital or they need to see a doctor, the insurance company will, in most cases, pay the benefits, pay the hospital mm-hmm. bill, pay the doctor bill, but you still have to pay the premiums Yes, as you go along. There's no waiver of premium here. So that being said... With the federal long-term care insurance, and this has been one of the problems of the federal long-term care insurance, that those individuals who got into the program, let's say in the early, in the first decade of 2000, 2000, 2001 to 2010, early, let's say 2011, 2012, then they started going to nursing homes in 2013, 14. The LTC partner, I remember I heard this statistic, they were paying out $14 million a day in benefits. Wow. For individuals. Wow. And yet these individuals, once they incurred these getting this these benefits, stopped paying premiums. Right. The other problem was that the insurance companies, in this case John Hancock, have to make sure they have a certain amount of reserves mm-hmm. available in case there's a run on benefits. So what do they do? They take the premiums they're receiving and investing them. Gotcha. Investing them. But they're not allowed to invest in things that potentially will grow in value, such as, you know, we know how, no, Dan, the stock market did so great between 2010 and 2020, let's say. Sure. John Hancock could not take those premiums put into the stock market. It's nope. too risky. Too risky. Yep. So where did they put their money? In government bonds. Yep. U.S. government bonds. Dan, tell me, what were interest rates doing around 2015 to 2020? Really low. Really low. Yep. So so John Hancock had a big problem, had a big problem. Yep. Now, in your article, you say there's three factors that will determine the person's increase. What are they? Okay. So when a person applies for the long-term care insurance, are you talking about applying for, the, for applying for their, what they have to choose? Well, you indicated in your article that there are three things that go into determining the increase. Yeah, duration um, of benefit, things like that. Your age and base actuarial in terms of what are your chances that you may need to incur a need for long-term care benefits. And it's, again, talking about people, individuals of your classification. Another factor is inflation, inflation, inflation factor. Do you want to continue inflation? And the other one is basically your benefit period. You know, do you have a long benefit period? You know? At one time, I know that the federal long-term insurance was offering an unlimited benefit period. That's a long time. 
That's, I think they got rid of that back in 2008, 2008. But once again, Dan, remember that if you got in before 2008 and you have unlimited benefit period, you stay with that. Yes. They cannot take that away from you. Yep. Okay. They take it away. I have a client. She's a CSRS annuitant and she has a, she has, it's just single. She has a huge annuity and she signed up for the federal long-term care insurance back in 2000. I think it was 2002 when it came out. $400 a day daily benefit, inflation coverage, and unlimited benefit period. Yep. You can imagine what those premiums are. Sure. Now, also in your article, you indicate that the average increase could be 86%. Oh, Dan, the average increase is 86%. Back in 2016, it was 83%. Talking about 2016, I remember when my wife and I got our notices for what our premiums would go up to in case we keep our present benefits, benefit period, uh, daily benefit, and inflation coverage. We were our premiums would go up 126 percent, more than wow. double if we kept those benefits. And that's part of the decision period we're going to talk about what people have to do, what what enrollees have to do in order to be able to afford this insurance. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you also indicate in what you wrote that when they'll pay it, pay the increased rate depends on how they pay, whether it's direct bill or payroll or deduct from the pension, correct? That's Sounds correct. like direct That's bill correct. would happen first, and then payroll and uh, pension would happen in January? Yes. That would take effect. It would take effect on January 1st, 2024. 24. Okay. Yep. All right. So they're offering options. And you describe something called the paid-up limited benefit, but you're not a fan of that. Oh, yes, Dan. In that column, which came out, I think, the first week of October, I did an example what the paid-up benefit is. Sure. And one of the one of the options that the, in the decision letter that, that's available, there are really three options, but one is the paid-up benefit. And they offered this back in 2016, too. It works this way. Let's say an individual can no longer afford the long-term care insurance. They can't. They're not, they're not willing to decrease their benefits to, to, in order to keep their their premiums in line. They just can't afford it anymore. And this has happened. So what the long-term care partner is saying is that okay, in that case, we'll give you a paid-up policy. A paid-up policy. What do they mean by a paid-up policy? It means take all the premiums that you have paid to date, all the premiums that you paid over these years. Let's say you enrolled in 2001, 2002. That means 21 years worth of premiums. And that will be your paid up benefit, paid up benefit. So let's say an individual over the past 21 years, in my example, I have someone has someone like that, has sure. paid about $109,000 worth of premiums over. 22, 20, 22 years. Sure. Originally, they their policy, and it's they still and this is what they have now is a five year benefit period and a three hundred dollar a day daily benefit. Let's understand. Let's understand what this means. It means that when it comes to long term care insurance, you have a pot of money that's available to you for your long term care if you need it. So if someone has a five-year benefit period, 
five year five years, three hundred sixty five days a year, as I believe, is eighteen hundred and ninety five days. Let's make it nineteen hundred days. Sure. At three hundred dollars a day, three hundred dollars a day times nineteen hundred is five hundred and seventy thousand dollars of benefits that are available to you in case you got to go to a nursing home. And if it costs, let's say a hundred, and let's say it costs. $120,000 to be in a nurse and to be in a, in a nursing home per year, you almost have five years worth of benefits, five years worth of benefits. With the paid up benefit though, in the example here, the individual has paid a total of $109,000 of premiums. That is their paid up benefit. What that means is they stop paying premiums. They have this pot of money, $109,000. Now, Dan, what that means is that if that individual, that federal retiree or, or, or employee goes to a nursing home today, next year, five years from now, 10 years from now, that's all they're going to have, $109,000. Let's keep in mind that long-term care costs are going up on the average of 4 to 8% per year. Ten years from now, that $109,000 is not going to get you a year's worth of a nursing home. Gotcha. Maybe six months. Maybe six yeah. months. It's terrible, Dan. It's terrible. Yeah. Because they're not even including there any of the interest that the, that the premiums have, have, a, have, a, have earned over the over 22 years. Sure. And I, I will tell you, I've gotten a few email questions about this. What do I do? I said, what you don't do is the paid-up right. benefit. No, I got you're, you. buying, you're not buying anything. And you also feel that the plan really has some challenges to meet, correct? Yes, Dan. Yeah. But here, here's their challenge. And the challenge is, how do you attract new enrollees? What do you need to do to get this program more attractive? I feel over the past, what now, 22, almost 22 years, the program has made some mistakes in trying to get some get as as many individuals, employees, retirees, federal, postal service, uniforms into the program. They really have not done a good job. As a matter of fact, last December, the Federal Long Term Care Partner announced as of December nineteenth, two thousand twenty two, through December nineteenth, two thousand twenty four, for a two year period, they're not accepting right. new applications. They're trying to make, do some, figure out how can we make the program more attractive? Most importantly, what do we need to do to make it more affordable? They gotcha. got a big challenge in their hand. They sure. got a big challenge. Because the latest statistic I served, I, I saw only about 5% of Americans own long-term care insurance. 5%. Yep. yep. It's getting less and less. Because the premiums are getting unaffordable. Sure. Yeah. Now, in your article, you wrap up with three possible choices that, that our folks could consider. So I want you to share your thoughts there. The number one that you talk about is the one that you don't like. So we've covered that, which is the paid up limited benefits. You don't like that one. And you've said why. Number two, you say if the increases more than 25% yeah. don't accept the increase, but consider reducing the daily benefit, the benefit period, 
or the Inflation Protection. So what are your thoughts there? I feel strong about that. And here's what here's where I'm coming from. And this is exactly what we did, my wife and I did. When they gave us that 126% increase in our, you know, okay. We decreased our inflation. That's when they said, okay, we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep we, went, we went from 4% down to 0.9%. And what I figured was with that money that we would have had to pay had we kept the 4% inflation, we took that difference, like $200 a month, and invested it in a good stock, you know, a stock index fund, good, which is tax efficient. So this way, it'll grow over time. And the idea being that if we needed that extra money for long-term care, it'll be there. But let's say we don't, we don't have a need for long-term care. We both pass away. That money is our investment. We pass it on to our beneficiaries. You know, okay, got it. Loss. But I, I would say, though, the best way to do this, though, and this is what I recommend, that individuals who are interested in self-insuring, try to get something that's tax efficient, tax efficient, or better, tax-free. Put more money into, you know, if you're eligible to put more money into a Roth IRA, do that. If you're not eligible to put money money into Roth IRA because your income's too high, and you're still in federal service, put the money into the Roth TSP. You know, or worse comes to worse, you if you don't you can't put money into any type of Roth like what like we're doing, we're putting into what's called tax efficient mutual funds, ta- open ended funds, ta- tax efficient. Don't they don't pay out a lot of dividends and and and, and capital gains that are taxable. They grow over time. I don't know if I said this earlier, but I want to make a plug for our long-term care uh, webinar. We have a long-term care webinar coming up. I have the date here, October 18th, 2023, between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern time. Yep. Originally, that webinar was supposed to be held in late November 23rd. We moved it up for the purposes of this early this enrollee decision um, um, letter that came out for existing long-term care partners of uh, enrollees, that deadline for making your decision what you want to do with your long-term care insurance is November the 9th, 2023. Yep. So this way you'll have a few weeks to, you know, to, to, to listen, you know, ask questions even during the webinar. We're going to go over yep. this again. Um, I'm preparing that webinar now. I'm updating it. So that if you have any questions, please bring them up at that time and spread the word. We really want to make this a really educational experience. We're going to talk about all the aspects of long-term care, and particularly the federal long-term insurance and what you need to do to make the most of what you have here. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. And you recall, Ed, I was on the webinar. It was actually a FEHB Medicare and TRICARE webinar when somebody said, hey, this is coming up. I see your date is this, any chance you can move that up? And the folks you asked, we answered. That's one of the things I think makes our community so special. We are listening and wherever possible, we're going to jump in and, and try and do this because it's a pretty unique community and ecosystem that is here for you, for your benefit as a career fed. So we're going to, we're going to do what we can to help with that. But, you know, and I can speak to the fact that. You know, as soon as Ed heard that, he started working on it and we got, we partnered up with him. So we were able to do that. 
Thank you, Dan, for your, your efforts here. Thank you. Yep. And you as well, brother. Now, Ed just told you stuff that he's doing so that my compliance department doesn't get mad at me. I'm going to remind you again. Okay. That's not meant to be a recommendation for what you should run out and do. This is for education, information purposes only. By all means, if you have follow-up questions, hit us up at the webinar or ask SWS, SWSServe.com. We'll help you when it, any way we can. Uh, but Ed, you're, you're number three and you've touched on it already. Uh, if, if you want to add anything to it, you mentioned that folks may want to consider self-insuring and, and that's where you're talking about taking money and setting it aside, correct? Yes, and this is this is geared for those individuals who are thinking about enrolling in the federal long-term care insurance. Well, it's, you can't do it now until December December 19, thousand twenty-four. That's the earliest because there's a two-year hiatus on new applications. Sure. Um, but I would still recommend whether you are thinking about enrolling in the federal long-term care insurance, or maybe you want to get into an individual long-term care insurance. Um, uh, program, you know, you know, apply with a, comp- a company, an insurance company that offers individual policies, but it's the same thing. I would definitely consider self-insuring, self-insuring, particularly when it comes to putting more money into the Roth TSB, putting more money to Roth IRAs. That is the best way to go. That is, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that everything's coming out of the, you know, qualified withdrawals from the Roth TSB and Roth IRAs are tax-free. Okay, or tax free. That makes life a lot easier in retirement, knowing you don't have to pay taxes. If you have to take out a hundred thousand dollars from your Roth TSP um, to pay for a stay in a nursing home, if it came out of your traditional TSP, you'd have to take out closer to one hundred and forty to one hundred and fifty thousand to take into account the taxes. Gotcha. So this way, it's there. And another plug for the, the raw TSB is the fact that starting on January 1st, 2024, this coming January 1st, the raw TSB is not subject to required minimum distribution. So you're not going to have this problem. Well, if I put money to raw TSB, then I'm going to have to take out an RMD. No right. longer the case. Yep, no that's a big improvement. Case. And before we sign off, I do want to revisit one point. It's not in your article, <clears throat> but I noticed that FLITZIP 3.0 plans are not seeing an increase right now. Is that correct? That is correct. The only plan, the only federal long-term insurance programs that are subject to the increases are 1.0, 2.0. This is the federal long-term insurance plan, 1.0, federal long-term insurance 2.0, and what's called the federal long-term insurance, long-term insurance alternative, alternate insurance plan, AIP, FLTC, IP, AIP. <laughs> I think 3.0 is not being subject to the increases because it's not been around that long. Gotcha. That's, that's the reason. Yeah. I'm also hopeful because it was priced higher. I'm hopeful that Hancock might be getting to zero in on the correct pricing and benefits because as you correctly identify, Ed, you know, I go back close to 40 years. So I was here when long-term care was born and you know, as well as I do, the data they used was based on our parents. And so our parents, if, if they went into a custodial care situation, men maybe only lasted three years, women, you know, only lasted five. So they had some pretty, pretty strong data that was saying, well, we might only have to pay out this long. Well, the funny thing about it is boomers 
will do anything and everything not to go into custodial care. So we're doing a lot of in-home stuff, which while it's less expensive, the companies don't know how long they're going to be paying. So it really is in a state of flux right now. I think we're going to see it settle out, you know, as we get through the leading edge of boomers claiming when they get enough experience, all insurance companies do have the ability to price the product, you know, to, to get it there. I, w- I just want to mention um, one of the real virtues of the federal long-term insurance. I know we've not said a lot of positive things about it at this point. At this point, one of the real virtues of the federal long-term insurance is that it does cover overseas care. Wow, overseas care. So, if a federal employee, postal service employee, um, um, retiree, member of the uniformed services do retire overseas. They know that their long-term care insurance will cover them over there. And That's let's awesome. face it, it's face it. There are some countries in this world that do take care of their elderly. You know, I think particularly when it comes to home health care in the States, it's getting to be a challenge post COVID. It's a real challenge with the home health care, getting somebody to do to come out to your home. And there are countries, like I say, you know, around the globe in which long-term care for elderly is in a much better status. If people over, you know, who need long-term care in foreign countries, some foreign countries are do have the means. They have the means they can be taken well taken care of if they're gotcha. overseas. Well, that's nice to know. Yep, great insights as always, Ed. This was another great and timely article. So thank you. My uh, as I always say, I want to thank you for all you do for us and for the federal community, especially how you raise level on our team. Folks, that is a wrap. We will see you on the next podcast. We are Serving This to Serve. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on our YouTube channel and Spotify. So hit that subscribe button down below. Remember to share it with friends and strangers. Check us out on Twitter and LinkedIn. And do not forget our live webinars every week. Just go to swserve.com. You will see the menu at the top. Check them out. Sign up for one. Sign up for all. Share it with friends. They will thank you. Also, be sure to read Ed every week in the Fed Zone. That's fed-zone.com and sign up for the weekly serving. That's where Ed and the rest of our Fed stars from SWS will be sending our best directly to your inbox. So for Ed, the crew at Serving List Serve and me, Dan Sype, I want to sign off as I always do by saying good luck, Godspeed, and above all, remember, it's your Fed life. Make it a great one because you deserve it. Stay well, everybody. We are out. 